and welcome to this week's episode of Everything Under the Sun, a weekly podcast answering all the most pressing questions children around the world have about life on Earth. This is a really exciting week because the paperback of Everything Under the Sun, A Year of Curious Questions, has just come out. It's the book filled with 366 of your questions you've sent in to the podcast. It's a year of questions and it's now available in paperback. It's such a lovely version of the book. It's a little bit smaller, it costs less, which is good for your parents, and it's got some fab quotes on it. Sophie Dahl, who said it's heaven on a stick, Stephen Fry, who said it's heart and soul fabulous, page after page, Neil Gaiman, who said the only thing better than the questions in this book are the answers. It's got lovely quotes from The Guardian, Waterstones, Scottish Sun, and Pandora Sykes said it's the best children's book she's ever had the pleasure of reading. So I hope you're going to get a copy for yourself and for your friends, and I hope you'll love it. You'll find it in all good bookshops and online. Thanks if you get a copy. So let's begin with our first question, which is a fantastic one from Emmy. Over to Emmy. Hi, my name is Emmy, and I'm five years old, and I live in Bedfordshire, and I like gymnastics ballet and unicorns and my question is who invented ballet? Thank you Emmy, I love unicorn gymnastics and ballet too. Four is such a good age to be. What a great question. I love ballet when I was little. I love putting on those beautiful soft ballet shoes and dancing around. I love watching ballet now, I'm big. I saw Cinderella recently at the Royal Opera House and it was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. I bet you're a great ballet dancer, Emmy. Well, I needed to find you a brilliant person to answer this question, so I asked Dame Darcy Bustle because she's one of the most famous and brilliant ballerinas in the world and we all know and love her also from Strictly Come Dancing as well as for her incredible dancing for over 20 years as a ballerina. I knew Darcy would be the perfect person to answer your question, Emmy. Over to Darcy. Hello, Emmy. I'm Darcy Bustle. Um, I am here to answer your wonderful question, who invented ballet? Now, I was a ballerina for 20-odd years with Royal Ballet um, in the UK, in London. And um, it is quite a difficult question because... Classical ballet kind of came from many, many different sources. And one of those was from the royal courts um, from a long time ago in like the 16th and 17th century. And it first originated in Italy, in the royal courts there, where everybody would dress up and look very grand. And some of those poetry and dance and singing, and those were the first times that they, they invented the moves from classical ballet, which first came from. So there was Italy and France and the French courts, and then in Russia, um, in France, there was a very famous king called Louis, um, and he was called the Sun King, and he really loved dancing. It was one of his wonderful pastimes that he did with all his guests, and 
He was one of the first people that really developed the movements for classical ballet. And from then on, from his history and his love of dance, there was a very famous academy that was developed in Paris for classical ballet. And there would have been one in Italy, probably around the same time. Um, but then Russia also had a wonderful academy in St. Petersburg called the Vaganova School. And uh, they really perfected ballet there. So it came from many different sources and um, it came to the UK much later on. Um, but dance was always very popular, luckily. Um, but I am so pleased you, are, uh, you asked this brilliant question. Um, and I really hope that you love dancing and you love your ballet. Ballet is very special to me because that's been my life. But one thing I do have that I hope you look up is a charity that I set up, which is called Diverse Dance Mix for Schools, DD Mix for Schools, we call it. And it is a dance fitness that goes straight and is it goes straight into your physical education, into your PE classes. And it's designed perfectly um, for all kids to enjoy dance because I would love that every child all over the world gets the chance to experience dance and its joy and all its attributes. And so thank you so much for your question and I hope you enjoyed my answer. All the best, Emmy. Bye. Thank you so much, Darcy, for your fantastic answer about where ballet comes from. How wonderful to think of all the first ballet steps being taken hundreds of years ago in Italy, France and Russia. How lucky we are that they invented such a beautiful art form that we can all enjoy, either by watching or by dancing ourselves. And if you get a chance to join in ballet or dance lessons as part of PE at your school, do give it a chance and have lots of fun. Dancing is such a great way to keep fit and healthy, as Darcy knows. Thank you very much, Dame Darcy Bustle, for your brilliant answer, and I really hope that answers your question, Emmy. And now it's time for our next question, which is about a less dainty mover than a ballerina. It's about something that waddles. What could it be, do you think? Yep, it's about penguins, and our question comes from Florence. Over to Florence. Hello, my name is Florence and I'm eight years old. I like animals. My question is, why do penguins waddle? Hi Florence, it's brilliant to hear you like animals, I do too. It's incredible how many animals there are of all shapes and sizes all over the world. Nature is such a clever thing. Now penguins are excellent birds and their waddle is something super unique about them. If you've seen a real life penguin or a video of a penguin, you'll know they have a very upright posture with a straight back, almost like a human being, and then they have very short legs, meaning that when they walk, they waddle. While this looks very funny to us, it's quite an efficient move for a penguin. Way back in time, penguins were a lot taller. We have found fossils of super tall penguins the size of humans. They probably walked without a waddle. But over time, over millions and millions of years, penguins have adapted to swim better than they can walk. 
So they fly through the water, really, rather than through the air, and they move gracefully in the water, whereas on land they waddle, all because of the way their bodies have adapted over time. An adaptation is a change which happens to the body of animals. They happen across many generations and millions of years to give the animal a better chance of survival. As we discussed last week, penguins spend a lot of time in the water hunting for food. So they have, in a way, adapted to underwater with their forelimbs, which are their wings, and have become less well adapted to walking on land. In other words, penguins' special talent at swimming has affected their ability to walk, which means they end up with a waddle. The movement is created because the penguins apply forces left and right, so their bodies swing from side to side. Scientists aren't sure why penguins' legs do that or how big the forces are, but they know the waddling movement helps penguins get about efficiently on land, given the shape of their bodies, which are best suited to swimming. Evolutionary science at London Zoo studied old penguin skeletons from 16 million years ago, as tall as a human man. Imagine how big these penguins would have been. Same size as your dad or uncle or teacher. Anyway, these remains of old penguins, called fossils, suggest that old penguins had different limb structure and they didn't waddle as much as the penguins we know today. So the waddle is definitely something penguins began to do over time as their bodies adapted to the water. I hope that answers your question, Florence, and thank you for sending it in. Interestingly, ballerinas often have special bodies that makes them brilliant at dancing, like penguins waddle helps them get about on that. A lot of dancers have something called hypermobility, which means that the joints between their bones allow more flexibility than usual, helping them be great dancers. Our next question from Benny digs a bit deeper into the structure of human bones. Over to Benny. Hi Molly, my name's Benny and I'm five years old and I love jump modelling and I want to know what are bones made out of. Hi Benny, wow, jump modelling sounds fun. Maybe my kids would like to try that, I'm going to ask them. Thank you so much for this brilliant question about bones. With all this talk of ballerinas dancing and penguins waddling, it's really useful to know what our bones are made from. Well, just a bit of background, the human body has 206 bones of all shapes and sizes. Some adults have a few more. In humans, all the bones in the body are linked in the skeleton. To make it easier, scientists divide the skeleton into two sections. The axial skeleton, made up of 80 bones, which supports our upper body, things like the skull, the arms, the ribs, and the top of the spine. And then we have the appendicular skeleton, which is made of the 126 bones in our lower limbs and pelvis, where your lower tummy is. The biggest bone in the body is our upper leg, and the tiniest is in our ears. In fact, there are so many bones that we can sort them into different groups. This is called classification, and we can classify bones into five groups. Flat ones, like our shoulder blades. Long ones, like in our thighs. Short ones, like our wrists. And sesamoid bones, like the small round bones in our kneecaps. Finally, we have the irregular bones category, which is where we put all the bones with an unusual shape, like the ones in our spine. Right, that's all the different bones, and what are they made of? Well, you might have seen them in a museum. They look long and white, dry, hard and crumbly. But in our bodies, while we're alive, they're very different. The bones in our skeletons are also alive and changing and growing all the time, just like other parts of our body. 
While their shapes are different, almost every bone is made of the same materials. The bone's outer surface is called the periosteum. This is made of thin material called a membrane, full of nerves and blood vessels that nourish the bone and keep it healthy. Then you move into the bone and the next layer is made up of something called compact bone. This part is very smooth and hard, and this is the bit you see when you look at a skeleton. Inside the compact bone, there's many layers of cancellous, which looks a little bit like sponge from the kitchen. It's not soft though, it's actually very strong. This part of the bone protects the innermost part of the bone, the bone marrow. This looks like jelly, and its role is to make blood cells. But how do bones grow from when we're babies? Well, when we're babies, we have more bones than adults. We had 300. These eventually grow and merge together to form the 206 bones that adults have. Baby bones are made from something special called cartilage, which is soft and flexible. And as we grow, this cartilage grows too and is slowly replaced by bone with help from a very important mineral called calcium. By the time we are 25 years old, this process of bones growing is complete. They have reached their maximum size. And although our skeletons are very light, they're actually very strong. How clever the bones in our bodies are. I hope that answers your question, Benny, and thank you for sending it in. Right, that's it for this week. Wishing you all a wonderful week. A huge thank you to the wonderful ballerina Dame Darcy Bustle for explaining who invented ballet. And also a big thank you to this week's children, Emmy, Florence and Benny, for your questions. If you have a question you would like answered on everything under the sun, just record it using a grown-up's phone saying your name, your age, a bit about yourself and ask me a question. Then get your grown-up to email it to me at molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk. There's lots of info about how to do that on my website, mollyoldfield.com. Don't forget, the paperback version of Everything Under the Sun, the book of the podcast, is available now in all good bookshops and online. You're going to love it, so go and get yourself a copy today. Have a wonderful week filled with dancing and fun, and maybe have a go at waddling like a penguin. I'll be back next week answering more curious questions from children around the world in another episode of Everything Under the Sun. Thank you and goodbye.